0: And welcome to the Raw is Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back once again on my own to review early 1996, February 19, Raw and Nitro. So last time out, Raw had been preempted and we went to the land of extreme, but that's a trip I didn't fancy making two weeks in a row, so we are back to watch Monday Night Raw. Got a lot of more two-man shows in the pipeline here, so trying to chew through some of this 96 TV on the road to Wrestlemania before we get stuck into some more 80s wrestling TNA and in fact Wrestlemania as well and other than that just been keeping busy playing football had my first game of futsal back in about three months tonight success scored a lot of goals had some fun and going crazy on my Mattel wrestling action figure collection as well as a few Hasbro's in there for good measure But other than that, I've been watching some classic wrestling to give you guys some more shows. And this one sees us go over to Raw, which took place in St. Louis, Missouri, and drew a rating of 3.1 head-to-head with Nitro from Salisbury, Maryland, that drew a rating of 3.7. So, as we all say, Nitro won the better of the battle, but were they the better show on the night? There's only one way to find out. We're going to head over to Monday Night Raw. opens up with a recap of the In Your House pay-per-view that Carl and I reviewed not so long back, and it cuts around the footage to make it look as though Diesel was about to walk out the door and Undertaker stopped him. So, interesting little conversation Carl and I had back then about whether or not Brett was right to be pissed off about laying flat, and even though he vetoed it and didn't end up looking like a complete bozo who was saved by The Undertaker, they just cut the footage to make it look that way anyway. We're told that we will see an episode of Larry Fling live, which sounds pretty lame. And then, holy shit, we are shown a little video and a little bit of a teaser about the return of the Ultimate Warrior. This would have had me marking out like crazy in 96 if I had access to Monday Night Raw. When we do open up the show, our commentary team is Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler. And we go to our first contest, which is Razor Ramon challenging for the Intercontinental title, currently held by Goldust. Before the bell goes for the, uh, the opening match, Marlena starts to flirt with Razor Ramon, trying to distract him. But he turns around and catches Goldust creeping on him and attacks Goldust in his robe, clotheslines him to the outside. When Goldust comes back into the ring, he begins to rub himself in front of Razor and Razor cocks back and spits on him. It's here in my notes that I've inserted a joke about Goldust finding out that Razor spits, but I'm not really sure whether or not I should put it in, so let me know on Twitter if you think that one should be included. From there, Razor begins to work on the arm. Goldust backdrops Razor out of the ring in the classic Razor Ramon spot, going for the Razor's edge right next to the ropes. Uh, We then get a hip attack on Razor, who's on the apron, sending him to the floor, allowing us to go to our first commercial break. When we come back, Goldust has a sleeper locked in, but Razor fights out and puts a sleeper of his own on. Razor then crotches Goldust, hits him with a superplex, and then an SOS from the inside of the ring to the out in a really cool spot. Razor then attempts a super back suplex off the ropes, and Goldust basically fights his way out of it, jumps out of the ring, and bails for a cheap countout. So, decent TV match, not the best finish, but I suppose the hope here at this point was that they could be saving that for pay-per-view. From there, though, we get a quick promo from Razor Ramon, which explains to us all the reason why this never made it to pay-per-view and also brings us one of the first curse words heard on WWF television that I can recall. Probably not the first, but certainly up there, and it wasn't a regular thing yet at this point.
1: Cut the music. Everybody listen to me. Goldust, I don't want your belt. I want your ass. Well, we said it was wrong. What? You know, I've been hearing so much about the return of the great one. The legend from the glory days is back. He's our new president, Roddy Rowdy Piper. He's been knocked six, Well, Piper, man. I heard you say one time that you got six kids. And that makes you hot, hot rod. Well, Razor, Razor, he loved the little kids. I love the kids. And Piper, you're like me. You're from the streets, different neighborhoods, same streets. I don't want my kids watching this kind of stuff On TV. What's he saying, McCain? So, Piper, the only thing missing, Chico, is make a match. I want gold dust anywhere, anytime. And gold dust, and gold dust, everybody knows that you want me. You think I'm sexy? You think I'm hot? You right. So Piper, ooh, rowdy rowdy Piper. Okay, big shot, I challenge you. You the uh, matchmaker, make me a match. Goldust. Let's have a date.
0: So there was Razor. I'm not sure what I found more interesting, the fact that he got to say ass on TV or the fact that they played the music at the end to cut him off like they would do at an award show. A little bit harsh there. It probably wasn't that bad if a little bit long-winded. But um, even though he's challenging Goldust there, you can see some of or hear some of his true thoughts in there about not wanting his kids to watch that. And ultimately, he didn't really want to do the program with Goldust on his way out the door. So it gets nixed. And no spoilers, but Goldust does end up with something pretty memorable at WrestleMania anyway. From there, we go back to some more Doc Hendricks shilling of merchandise, with one that I found quite interesting today. He said that he's got a hoodie for sale, one size fits all, fits like an extra large. It's not really one-size-fits-all. It's an extra-large, so, you know, not really too good, Doc, but that's okay. We go to the Slam Jam next, which is just some still shots from In Your House um, over a little bit of music. And we see Undertaker coming out of a casket backstage, which we don't really see him stepping out of caskets very often. A little bit of foreshadowing, possibly, for something to come later in the show. And we then follow that up immediately with our dick move of the week. Yes, that's right. Our dick move of the week happens on Raw, and it's being awarded to Vader this week. Why is it being awarded to Vader? Because he comes out and absolutely beats a tar of two people, and the two people he beats up robbing me of this match, Barry Horowitz and Aldo Montoya. They were set to go up against the Body Donners, not each other, which is a shame because that would have been even better. But Vader is robbing me of an Aldo Montoya and a Barry Horowitz match all in one go. You bastards! We then throw to another video hyping up the return of the Ultimate Warrior, and they sell this as being Ruddy Piper's doing, saying that he's crazy and he's out of control. He's bringing back a madman in the Ultimate Warrior. Very cool video. and got me really excited to see the Warrior back. Before they go to shilling some tickets for WrestleMania, so obviously not... Um, all sold out just yet. And then a very strange backstage segment sees Sonny singing Happy Birthday Mr. President before throwing into the crowd to see Bob Backlund campaigning. So just the most eclectic mix of television here, Vader beating up jobbers, followed by The Ultimate Warrior, followed by selling some tickets, followed by Sexy Sonny, followed by Bob Backlund. So if you'll ever see a stranger sort of minute and a half of TV wrestling, let me know and then we go to our next matchup which is Marty Jannetty up against the Ringmaster Steve Austin with Ted DiBiase so pretty exciting sounding matchup, not something I've seen before. And when they get started, there's some chain wrestling to begin. And Vince McMahon just says the word ringmaster ad nauseum. He cannot stop saying it. He is not going to acknowledge him as Steve Austin. Gennetti has a crossbody reverse for a two count. And then Austin tosses Gennetti outside the ring, sorry. And Jerry Lawler on commentary tells us that Marty Gennetti's new partner is going to help him form the new Rockers. So that's coming. Can't wait. She only hits a drop kick for a two count before Austin fires back with a stun gun, and we go to a commercial break. When we come back, Austin's in control. He locks on an STF, and Vince says, "The ringmaster knows all the holds, all the scientific application, and how to brawl." What a weird sentence, Vince. I just love him on commentary. Don't ever leave me. We have a bit of a clunky knee spot from Austin to Giannetti, not seemingly connecting too well. Um, And then Austin puts on an odd body scissors with a cross face wrapped in as well. Janetti gets up on his feet and whips... Austin, but then comes back with a face buster, which Vince McMahon calls a back body drop, so some strange clunkiness definitely going on here. Hits a knee lift for a two count before Austin locks in the Million Dollar Dream to beat Marty Jannetty and keep his undefeated streak alive. Not a great match, but not too bad. An interesting clash of styles with these two as well.
1: Talk about strange. You want to talk about a mutual individual, then you want to talk about a man on his way to the WWF. His name is Mankind.
2: And on the eighth day... God created mankind. Why was he having such a bad day? Why did he create all of you normal and forget so many important parts of me? He made the teeth that I swallowed, the ear that was ripped from my skull, a face that no longer exists, and the fingers that no longer play the music normal. You think you're normal. Deep inside, you are merely a mirror image of all my atrocities. The ugliness that exists outside lives inside every one of you. Yeah. On the eighth day, God created me. Maybe he should have slept that day too
0: and then we get some more vignettes for the upcoming debut of mankind so very cool stuff there and very much looking forward to him coming on board a little bit more so than the new rockers but hey i like everything that's going on around about this time we get a commercial for the 96 slammy Awards, so we might look at reviewing them in some capacity on this show as well and we go to our main event of the evening, which is Tatanka with Ted DiBiase up against the Undertaker, who does get a very good pop for his entrance. Tatanka attempts to jump Undertaker before the bell, but it's caught round the throat by the Undertaker, who then hits a big clothesline and no sells some tomahawk chops. Good man, because they look like shit. He unloads with some strikes of his own, the Dead Man, before Tatanka fires back with a Samoan drop, and Dead Man doesn't quite spot Diesel coming down the aisle holding an axe. Yes, you heard me, an actual axe. He doesn't come all the way to the ring, though, he just comes down towards it, grabs the cameraman, and drags him backstage with him. Undertaker continues to take the assault to Tatanka as we go to a split screen, and I'm led to believe is shown on the screen for the crowd as well. And then we get visual confirmation that, yes, it is Diesel's backstage cutting up the Undertaker's casket that we saw him step out of earlier in the night. Undertaker hits old school on Tatanka as Jerry Lawler says, That's the Undertaker's home he's cutting up. What a stupid line. Tanker in the ring fires back with a pile driver as we see Diesel has completely destroyed the casket by this stage. Undertaker then sits up, comes back with a chokeslam and a tombstone for the 1 2 3, and sees replays on the big screen of Diesel cutting up the casket and heads towards the back looking for him. We find out that on next week's show, we'll see Yokozuna in a handicap match against the Bulldog and Owen Hart. And we're going to see Diesel take somebody on as well. And Jake versus Isaac Yankum DDS, Jake Roberts that is. So that's going to be a pretty good show. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are going to go face to face as well. We then go to our latest billionaire Ted installment on Larry Fling Live. I'm not going to play this one for you because to be honest, it's getting a bit personal, a bit boring. A lot of talk about shares and you know market values and monopolies and all that kind of crap which nobody watching raw really gives two-thirds of a shit about so let's not indulge it anymore all these years later and we end the show with undertaker and paul bearer getting backstage to see the casket and crying over it a little bit paul bearer more so than the undertaker but it is what it is that'll do it for monday night raw let's head over to nitro and see what they've got to offer
1: my name and i love to fight
0: The intro opens up with a commentary team of Bobby the Brain Heenan, Steve Mongo McMichael, and Eric Bischoff telling us about tonight's events, including Pepe in some knitwear. We get a rematch of Macho Man Randy Savage up against Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan gets an opportunity to immediately avenge his loss to the Enforcer, Arne Anderson, and that match is going to kick off the broadcast. We get Arn Anderson out with Woman before the video drops out a little bit as Hulk Hogan's about to make his entrance, but when it comes back on, the feed is restored and Hogan's getting a good pop from the crowd. Hogan attacks Anderson right from the off with some back rakes and some brawling. They go to the outside for a while. He hits a knee to the head of Arn Anderson before Arn jumps off the second rope but eats a clothesline. We get eye rakes from hogan and bischoff telling us on commentary that we have to check out baywatch featuring hulk hogan macho man and rick flair and that one guy that left with his tail between his legs to go up north vader who received a fistful in the locker room from paul orndorff so completely shooting on backstage stuff there of course you probably will have read about vader's fight with paul orndorff and if you haven't immediately go and do so Hogan tosses Anderson to the outside of the ring again where they go outside to brawl before Hulk begins to rub Anderson's face into the canvas back on the inside, and I think the crowd, feeling a little bit of what I feel when watching Hogan during this era, get a little bit fed up with his act and him not letting get any anyone else get any offense on him because they begin to start a Hogan sucks chant. Rightfully so, he's making a right cunt of Arn Anderson for the second week in a row, and there's just no need for it. Arne's a good hand and should be able to at least hold his own momentarily with the Hulkster. That's the other thing that I guess pisses me off the most, is no one's saying really that Arn Anderson should be going over Hulk Hogan, but Hulk doesn't have to dominate 95% of the match, and if he is going to lose, doesn't have to dominate the whole match and slip on a banana peel with 50 guys interfering. It's just a load of bollocks and so predictable. Arn hits an elbow and a knee drop before Hogan comes back catching a stomp and getting up, punching Arn Anderson out of the ring. Arn tries to do that whole fake a punch and then hit the DDT on the ducking person but Hogan manages to stay up and Arn goes down without him and then he hulks up, hits his three punches, his big boot but doesn't drop the leg, locks in a figure four. Kevin Sullivan comes out to try and interfere, but Macho Man gets on him before he's even in the camera shot, so he's all over him, and then for some reason the referee disqualifies Hulk Hogan, giving Arne Anderson a second meaningless win in a row over Hulk Hogan, which the commentary team sell as being something huge, but is actually a complete waste of everybody's time. It was at this point that I was hoping all my negativity for Nitro had gone in the first segment and we could get on with enjoying the show, especially with the big main event announced. But the next match-up we get is Alex Wright, Das Wunderkid, up against Loch Ness. Alex Wright begins the match with a strange idea. He goes for a go-behind on the mammoth Loch Ness. It's as though wrestlers are excused for leaving their brain in the locker room whenever they face anything slightly new. He then wisens up a little bit and hits a couple of drop kicks before going for a sleeper. Loch Ness manhandles him, throws him, puts him into a bear hug. Alex Wright gets out and hits two more drop kicks before Bischoff tells us that Alex Wright has been on the beach. Sorry, he doesn't tell us that Alex Wright's been on the beach. I can't read my own writing. He says that he's gonna have to take him out with some back leg round kicks and that he's hitting them in the floating rib area. Uh, Lognes is a big guy, but I don't know if floating ribs really exist. Loch Ness then hits a boot to the gut, drops an elbow, and that's enough for the 1-2-3 and an absolute dud, and he shouts to the camera something about wanting Hulk Hogan. That's a match I am definitely not clamouring to see. From there, we go to our next matchup, and during this, the commentary team are telling us that we're going to get a Cruiserweight title coming up soon, so something actually really exciting on this show, and something else really exciting, it's a debut of Finlay! Yes, he loves to fight, and he's here on Nitro, and he's taking on Brad Armstrong, who we've not seen for quite a while as well. Finlay, if you didn't know any better here, you might not recognize him, because he's got an absolutely dirty mullet and mustache combination going on, which looks horrendous. The commentary team also during this is selling us on the fact that he's looking for Steve Regal and they've got some sort of prior beef that he's wanting to bring up in WCW. The commentary team are also selling us on the fact that Brad Armstrong is supposedly back to look after this cruiserweight title, but he's almost as big as Hulk Hogan here. Whatever he's been doing while he's away, it's not been shredding weight for a cruiserweight run, I'm telling you that now. Finley goes under the arm of Brad Armstrong early doors in the match, then unloads with a snapmare and a really cool looking shoulder block as Brad Armstrong gets back up. He hits a forearm and then Brad Armstrong fires back with a hip toss, sort of a a hip toss slash throw picks up a two count, goes to a headlock takedown before Finling dives, sorry drives Brad Armstrong's face into the apron. He then begins to work over the knee of Brad Armstrong before we get a sort of Cactus Jack clothesline slash cross body to the outside. Finley locks in a backslide when they get back in for a two count. Brad Armstrong comes back with a face buster before Finley hits a tilt-a-whirl slam for a three count and cuts a little bit of a promo into the camera without a microphone, I might add, on William Regal, Steve Regal. And sorry, I've been calling him Finley the whole way through this and realize that he's not actually called that yet, by the way. He's just called the Belfast Bruiser. So it is Finley, rest assured, and that's what I'm always going to call him. habits, uh, apologies there, but no, he was the Belfast Bruiser during this match. We have another commercial break, and we come back, and it's time for our main event. It's Ric Flair defending his World Heavyweight Title against the Macho Man Randy Savage. Ric Flair comes out with Miss Elizabeth and Woman, and does his best Bray Wyatt impersonation at this stage. This, of course, just pisses off the macho man who spits on Ric Flair, unloads with some strikes and a backdrop as Ric Flair begins to beg. Macho comes back with a 10-punch before they go outside to brawl a little bit, and he chases Woman around the ring before Flair gets back in control. He comes back in, and they exchange some strikes. They both go down, but Ric Flair makes the cardinal mistake of trying to go up to the top rope and hits him with a shooting star press. No, he doesn't. He gets caught and press slammed off, but that's okay. Um, Macho Man locks on a figure four, but Flair gets to the ropes. Macho locks on a sleeper, but Ric Flair comes back with a back suplex. Macho Man hits a shoulder, but Ric Flair comes back with a back elbow drop in a really good sequence of back and forth there. Get a delayed vertical suplex by Flair, they exchange some more strikes, and Ric Flair goes to a leg breaker, followed by a figure four. It's reversed, and they exchange chops and punches for a while. Flair begs some more, and does his patented corner Irish whip spot. Macho Man comes back with a top top right back's handle, before he intercepts uh, Ric Flair with the heel of Miss Elizabeth, Nails Ric Flair with it, pins him, but then we hear the bell ringing. And pretty quickly, we've got Kevin Sullivan, Arne Anderson, and Hulk Hogan out as well. Um, Arne manages to get a hold of the heel, and he nails Macho Man with it. Ric Flair then pins the Macho Man, and the referee counts, even though we'd heard a bell previously, and picks up the one, two, three for Ric Flair. So this was a really strange botch finish that sort of didn't make a whole lot of sense, but then obviously the bell ringing was just a mistake, so it was what it was. The heels get the upper hand on Macho and Hogan, but then none other than the beefer comes out to save them. He runs off the heels, and Ric Flair heads to the commentary table as as we've been ending the shows in the last few weeks to cut a bit of a promo at the table before the faces come and run them off.
1: I don't care what you say! Just went down for the second time! Big of the Enforcer! Look at the new Kids on the Rock! It is... Double a. One Double a. I have had it, I
2: have had it, wait a minute. I it brother, clean house, clean house. I have had it, this is not a war zone, this is not a war zone. Hulk Hogan. Tell
1: you something, fish off, my witness brother. You talk about Flair, <laughs> Lauren <laughs> Anderson, and the booty man brother can get it done. Oh yeah dudes, next week, six man tag Macho Man, booty booty
2: booty man, if he can't get it done, nobody can beat you. Did you see them run son, from the booty I man 25? What are you talking about? I don't want it to be yours, I'll oh,
1: you up Let me tell you something, brother. We've tried everything to keep the mega powers together. Now me and the Macho Man are bonded, brother but big booty man brother he's back on track jack and if he can't kick your can nobody can brother did you see him run for the booty man
2: let's get this all
1: sorted out here and try set the table eric bischoff steve mcmichael gentlemen i'm sorry but hulk are you saying that you the macho man and this booty man want to take on anderson flair and the taskmaster right here on monday nitro brother it's gonna be the real war to settle Randy the score. This man, I hear you this man. Is Six not a man good. brother, we'll line them all up. That booty brother. man will take booty, 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 booty man. I know how you feel. Booty all right. man's I back on track. If he can't do it, nobody can. Booty man's gonna tear him apart brother. Monday Nitro, Flair, well, Anderson, we'll one week from, well, the night, from brother.
2: tonight, brother. Can wow. we get that uh, put together? Can somebody
1: give us an answer? We'll get it done! You want it done? We'll get it done!
0: done. So yeah, chaos at the announce booth there, with my favourite line of the whole being... A whole... Mealy there, being from Hogan, the big booty man, he's back on track, Jack! And of course it is just Brutus Beefcake, despite the fact that the commentators were trying to sell the fact that they didn't know who he was for ages while he was in the ring putting on his lame offence, so... We've got Macho, Hogan and the Beef are all back together, one big family. And next week, it looks like we're going to have us a six-man tag. So that'll do it for Nitro. That's the two shows in the can. All we've got to do now is pick ourselves a couple of winners. With a broken belt, we're going to go straight to the categories here and look to pick ourselves a winner straight away. The first one being Crowd Heat. For this one, I'm actually going to go with WCW. I know they were turning on Hogan in the first match, but the big macho chant you heard at the end there, they were hot all the way through that main event segment, really. And they did pop for Hogan quite big at the start, whereas the WWF crowd, Undertaker got a decent pop. But other than that, they weren't really given anything to sink their teeth into on the night. There was a few oohs and ahs for Razor, but that was about it. Production, I'm going with the WWF because of the big gaff with Hogan's entrance being cut, um, sort of losing the feed there. Um, not really too spectacular. Um, although, WWF did come close to losing it with ending their show with the Larry Fling segment, but it did all come off as it was supposed to. It just wasn't a good idea. For characters, I'm going to go with WCW, just because they got some of the big players and I know there was no Sting or Lex and a few others missing, but having the show open with Hogan and finish with Macho and Flair does outrank the star power of Tatanka in the Raw main event, so WCW gets the win there. As far as storylines, I've swung back the other way. Um, This whole thing with the Booty Man and the Dungeon of Doom is complete nonsense, and if you know this time period at all, you know it's heading to even more nonsense, whereas the WWF didn't feature all their top guys, but everything they did had advance the storyline seamlessly towards WrestleMania, including big advancement in the Diesel Undertaker feud. Which brings us to our last category, and the deciding category for the evening, Match Quality. And for match quality, I'm actually going to go with WCW, despite hating the opening contest and not thinking anything of Alex Wright and Loch Ness at all. The Belfast Bruiser, aka Finley, and Brad Armstrong was quite a decent little contest. And Flair Macho is better than anything on both shows, despite Razor and Goldust having an okay showing for the short time they got. So, all in all, a very, very close one this week, but Nitro just edges it for Raw and justifies their win in the ratings. So... That will do it for this week's show. Good to get back on track and in touch with you all again. Uh, Please keep sending your feedback and suggestions on Twitter, on Facebook, or leave us a five-star review on iTunes, which is the best way you can do that for us. And I received a new one this week from another member in Australia. When that shows up, I will read it on the air, but I've been assured it's definitely on the way. Um, As always, thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you all again very, very soon.
2: Don't wanna G. be a player, I don't wanna be a player in no far. I'm not a play out, fuck a lot. And wear BJs. Now we reach the B-games running trains for three days. Who wanna ride it one course? You a dollar with a sore for harder. Of course, you're still gonna holler. Like mama, I'm thick, huh? I rip my prick through your hooters, I'm sick. You couldn't measure my dick with six hooters. Hold up, true lie. I'm all about getting new, but i knock that boo if you out to get. discriminate, I regulate every shade of the ass I'm gonna just show class and pass my test Fat ass and breasts, highly intelligent bachelorettes That's the best, I won't settle for less I want to get a brunette forget a forgettable sex I lay your head in my chest and I feel my heartbeat. We can park the jeep, put mark deep and just walk the leaf It's hard to creep since I found Joe Every pretty round, brown hole, When I go down low With this bookie down, professional, you know, I'ma let you know, once I put the blows Get your clothes, cause you got to go I could go downstairs Everywhere you nasty I don't care Round here they call me big Pun. if you with the big guns, big time on the makin' shit come hot up, and bubbly, rubbing your spot love. Got the scream and punish me, but it don't stop. Watch the pun get wicked, when well, I stick it even look be like, Don't stop, get it in a hot tub. Popin bubble rubbing your spot love. Got the scream and punish me, but it don't stop. Watch the pun get wicked, when well, I stick it, even look be like, Don't stop, get it, get it. I